my name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Eric Argyman, who is a youth mentor and speaker. We're talking about bringing the kingdom to young people. Welcome to you, Eric. Thank you so much, Tina. Looking forward to being on this. I've got to say your story is absolutely incredible of coming to faith and now using that, leaning into that learning and then reaching out and bringing the kingdom. So I'm really excited to learn from you. Tell us how you did actually come to Jesus. Yeah, so born in Ghana originally, our family moved to New Zealand um, when I was five. Then from there, we moved to Melbourne, Australia in 1997. Now, at the school that I was enrolled into, I was the only African in my year level. And so on my first day of school, I, I, uh, I, I guess uh, I was a victim of racial bullying. And that would become something that over the course of the next couple of years would really um, have negative impact on myself um, as, in, you know, as it relates to my self-esteem, all of that sort of stuff. So in high school at Ringwood Secondary College, I wanted to avoid being bullied. And so as a result, I joined what I thought was the toughest looking group, ended up being the Ringwood Boys, which was a gang. And so by year eight, I had four suspensions to my name. My dad decided to send me back to Ghana for what was meant to be a holiday. And that holiday became seven years. And so it was during that time where I was worried about the future. I was anxious, I was depressed. Uh, because it was a massive culture shock for me and even at one point i was suicidal and it was six weeks after that attempt that i would actually stumble into church and uh hear the message and give my life to god right so what made the difference then you were sitting there in the church but what actually made the difference like what were you feeling on the inside or what really landed with you to make you you know consider this more yeah so look i had my parents had had raised us in a church like in a church environment growing up in in australia and even new zealand and it was just one of those things as a young person i just thought church was more for adults than it was for kids you know um but what stood out on this particular day even during the service i wasn't really paying attention and up until the end when he was ministry time and he actually pointed me out and called me to the front and he would basically tell me what i'm about to share with you that i've been through so much stuff in my past i've done a lot of bad stuff however god wants to use me so you could call it a prophetic word and he would go on to say that within two weeks i will have a dream where i'll be walking into a room with people crying i'll have the bible in my hand and i'll open to the pages of isaiah 61 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor he has sent me to open the eyes of the blind and to declare the acceptable year of the lord's favor 
He said, at the moment I finish reading that, I'll close the Bible and the people that were crying will start rejoicing. And in that moment, I'll wake up from the dream and begin speaking in tongues. And from that day, God will use me. Well, 10 days later, exactly, I had that same dream. And uh, that was in 2002. And so for me, even in that service, I actually didn't give my life to God. It was after the dream that I had to go back to church and be like, yep, I'm doing this. Wow, what an amazing story. And was it, you know, from your point of view as a young person then coming to faith, was it something resonating in that word of God really speaking, you know, deep to deep, so to speak? Was it about purpose that you felt like as a young person, oh, actually there is a purpose even though I've been involved in all of this stuff yeah is still god is on my side and there is purpose yeah absolutely 100 uh it's it was about purpose and hope um and i think today in today's society a lot of young people they give up because they don't see hope they give up because they don't see the other side of what they're going through right now which is you know um temporal and so that is a reason why a lot of people um do end up giving up and so for me in that moment, I just sensed purpose all over me. It gave me an excitement, you know, to look forward to the future about. Incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. And, I mean, anybody could, you could think in the natural that any of us could speak hope or speak a future and that could change us. But I guess when it is the Spirit of God really speaks, that changes people forever. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. So is that a large part of what you do now? Has that formed what you do, speaking, coaching and mentoring young people? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I look back at all the struggles that I had. I look at the root issue of, of all of that and I can pinpoint it to identity crisis. You know, coming to Australia as a 10-year-old, being racially bullied, being told that I would never achieve anything and then becoming my own bully, you know, saying those same words out of my own mouth, that was where everything started. And the whole reason why I joined the gang was because I guess part of it was there was no vision, there was no future. I was told there was no future. I believed it, I was saying it myself. And so there are a lot of young people today that if you were to trace their depression, their anxiety and mental health challenges, a lot of it actually stems out of identity. And we would also know that in today's society, there is a lot of identity stuff out there. <laughs> How do I say this? But I think it's, it's bringing a lot of confusion to our young people. And so for me, I really see that the foundation of any life has to be identity. And so really bringing positive identity to our young people um, is something that is very, very close to my heart. Uh, John Maxwell, I'm a big fan of John Maxwell. He he says it like this, that, you know, your identity is is the, is the your lid or your ceiling. You know, it's, it's that thing that will really launch you. And so for me, when I go back to how I almost gave up, how I was suicidal, today in Australia, the biggest age group where suicide is, is dominant is actually 12 to 25. That's the people that I work with. And really, I feel like I'm there to give them hope and shine the light the same light that perhaps I needed when I was their age as well. And so it's really, you look at the book of Acts, it says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Your young men shall dream dreams. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Prophecy is about life, but here we see the statistics showing death. And so 
for us, we sort of see ourselves as a bridge between that prophetic word and the reality of what is happening today, that we may be able to extend hope and purpose through identity through these young people. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And I just commend you for everything you're doing. I have a youth uh, working background. I worked in high schools for a long time in Christian circles before, let's say I'm not graduated. People say I was demoted out <laughs> of working for young people anyway. Right. So <laughs> how do you frame that up? Like I'm just thinking for myself and people listening, if we want to encourage people in their identity, we want to encourage people with hope how do you frame that up when you're talking to secular young people? Yeah, so great question. So I do, I do a lot of work in Christian schools, but also secular. In fact, this, this week I was just in uh, two secular schools. Um, I think at the end of the day, whether secular or Christian, every young person is, is, is looking for a source of hope. Just being there and sharing my story. You know, the Bible says that we overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So sharing that testimony. Now, obviously in secular schools, I don't go into that sort of detail, but for them to know that I went through a really dark area to now be where I am. So for example, like out of the whole bullying scenario, I developed this low self-esteem that became a self-belief that I would never be married because I thought I was ugly. That was what I was told. And so during my presentations in schools, I showed photos of my family and my kids at the start. Now the kids are probably thinking, oh, he's just showing off. But at the end, I just say, I thought at your age, I couldn't have a family. That wasn't a possibility. So really it's about sowing the seed of what is possible for our young people in a way where, you know, they can relate in a way they can grab it. I've also learned over the years as well, that if you go to even a Christian kid and you quote Psalm 27 verse 10, and you quote the scripture, because they may not know that scripture at first glance they might be like "Ooh, what's this and so i found that with young people it's it's best to go in with your own experience your own story and then through that we actually weave in the scripture as you know the foundation to support what it is that we're actually sharing with them and i found that to work really really well yeah absolutely and i guess all of us can think of our own stories of how God has brought us hope or brought us through dark times to know that there is something more, that our life is not worthless, that the situation is not hopeless. Yeah. And then how do we then frame that up and share it with young people? So even I am thinking right now, you know, how can I do that better with the young people that are in my world? Mm. What would you say like to parents that would be listening that are trying to bring the kingdom of God to their own kids or to kids around them. What's the approach? You know what it's like to be a parent. So it's kind of, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it, it, it is. And uh, especially with social media, um, what, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing is that, you know, young people are getting more and more disconnected from their parents. The, the generational gap is beginning to widen even more. And for a parent to really get in there and have influence, um, in their kid's life, it's going to require time, um, intentional time. Um, you know, our kids are being influenced 24-7 on social media through their peers. Um, it, it's, it's incredible what YouTube would censor and block and what they allow t 
to just be there and even promote, you know? Um, one of the things is, for example, the young generation, number one music genre is hip hop. You go on YouTube right now and the music that you see, the videos that you see of girls almost naked, but YouTube promotes them. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating. And so this is where the, the main influence is coming from. So for parents, it's going to require time, you know, whether it's once a fortnight or once a month. And it's also about doing the things that the kids love, because a lot of times kids don't want to be around parents because this, the stuff they see parents do, they think it's not cool. So whether it's even playing a video game with them that you may absolutely hate, <laughs> you may not be a gamer, but it's about doing what they love because it's in that moment, that sweet spot, that's when they're most likely to open up and actually talk about their day, their week, what they're going through. It's that moment. I mean, just picture yourself doing the thing that you love the most in your most favorite place. It doesn't really matter who's there. You, you just, you come alive, you talk more, you do all that sort of stuff. And so really, I think it comes down to time. It also comes down to the power of our words as parents as well. Um, you know, there's a story that I often share about Gideon who was out, you know, in his father's property beating the wheat and the angel comes and says thou mighty man and Gideon was gobsmacked he's like I have never heard that before literally that was his whole reaction and I wonder what he was hearing at home when he wasn't hearing those affirmations and we want to be able to be people that raise kids that when they're in the outside world if they hear a negative word they can be like that's not me nah -uh. but if they hear a positive word they're like oh yeah that's me that's exactly who I am and so the power of our words in their home will actually determine how our kids respond to words and influences in the outside world. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if Gideon just said, hey, yeah, Marty man, that's me. I'm the one you're looking for. And so those are probably three things that I you know, can recommend parents. And I've seen parents in our programs actually do these things. And I've seen, I've seen some massive transformations around those three points, yeah. Great points. We can absolutely all adopt those. I mean, I do that. I've got a son that's a gamer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Eric, much to my surprise, I'm sitting there and I'm getting right into it for that purpose. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we can have a great chat and I can bring the kingdom. Yeah. You know, as we talk and chat about life, you can bring the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I have to do that with other young people that are in my world if I want to be proactive about bringing the, bringing the kingdom of God. So great advice. Thank you. Um, I love what you're doing through some of your spaces. Just before I ask your next question, just tell me about uh, this new website that you've launched and how people can get involved with that. Yeah. So the, the Royal Hood is um, actually inspired from 1 Peter um, 2 verse, verse 7 and 9. And it's all about you're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. And those words were the words that I read, memorized in 2005 at a prayer camp in Ghana. Uh, at the time, I was still an insecure teenage boy trying to find my identity. And from someone that was made to feel inferior through racial, being racially bullied, I found great comfort and encouragement in those words that, hey, I'm actually royal, I'm royalty. Anyway, almost 20 years or so later, we now have started a program, a mentoring program called The Royal Hood. And this is a program where young people discover their crown, which is their identity, and then confidence for their future as well. So it's a 10-week program, 
and literally we go through the identity we go through the power of words power of our mind our thoughts um, there's a massive focus on relationships with parents and siblings as well um, which is all about honor and things like that as well and then at the end we have what we call a blessing night ceremony so it's like a it's like a jewish bar mitzvah coming of age rite of passage you know program and uh, over the years yeah we've seen uh, we've had about 65 families go through that we've had kids that have been at home and haven't been on talking terms with dad for three years finally come around and now they're doing stuff with dad just incredible stuff that we're seeing families restored and boys uh, become godly men that's the whole point of the program so that's something that we've been working on god will the next year we want to roll that out to uh, youth churches around australia as well where they can actually run that themselves as a discipleship program for both boys and girls um, really just to see spiritual foundation being embedded within our young people during this critical stage and age of their lives absolutely love it yeah you're very very good at bringing the kingdom to young people and kids that are you know growing up in church families but maybe their relationship with jesus isn't you know vibrant yet and then in the secular schools around which is incredible let's talk about the youth culture that's out there now just give me a little bit of help a little bit of understanding what is the secular culture really all about at the moment so that i can understand that a little more yeah so the the, the vibe the vibe out there is you know um it stems from our identity you know there is this vibe that um you, you can be you, you can you can be anything you can identify as anything um and and really that's bringing a lot of confusion to our kids um so you know you've got that you've also got a lot of social media um peer pressures as well so a lot of comparison so these kids are feeling very depressed about themselves in terms of their grades even their look you got girls looking at kim kardashian photos and feeling you know that they're not worthy and things like that just a very deceptive form of reality that's been pushed out there but because our young people are so i guess innocent in, in some ways you know I'll, gi I'll give an example there's a rapper jay-z you know he released a song probably about a decade and a half ago now called a hover and the song goes a little bit like this um h to the iso v to the is a that's the anthem get your damn hands up so his name is obviously jay-z his nickname is hover j hover so he's trying to do this whole God thing. And during that song, he performed in America. He had thousands of kids raise their hands at that part. That's the anthem, get your damn hand. Without realizing, without realizing, every time he raised our hands, the son of surrender, whether it's worship in church or it's, you know, at a concert. And so what is happening with our young people out of ignorance and just, just being, being young people is they're worshiping things that they have no idea they're worshiping. And it's bringing a whole bunch of impacts upon them. Even movies on Netflix. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix now. So that that's sort of where, you know, unfortunately the media is really going after them. Really, really going after them. And they don't really sort of know how to take care of their soul and their spirit. What to, you know, block out. What to allow in. And so you have this young person now who's just got all these different things going through their mind. And at the end of the day, it's overwhelmed. It's confusion, it's anxiety, and it's just depression about, hey, what am I gonna do in the future? Is this, is this gonna work? Coupled with at-home pressures as well, you know? So they find it really difficult. Yeah, it's just changed so much. I mean, even for the 
decades I spent with young people, it's just so incredibly different now. So what would be from your point of view, if I am thinking about someone in my neighbourhood, in my community, a young person, has no idea about Jesus, they're just living their, their secular life, what would be the two things that I would do that you think that would be most effective to try and bring the kingdom to a young person? Yeah, so I think, you know, it starts off with relationship, you know, that, that's, where, that's where trust is earned and that's where when people trust you enough, they can, they can bring things to you, which is then giving you authority to speak into those things. Um, that authority may include praying for them and say, hey, you know, I have a faith, can I pray for you? But that all of that trust is earned through relationship. So relationship could be just little things, you know, their birthdays, something special got happening. Like I've got a kid this week that has three assessments. I've messaged them this week, hey man, thinking about you, praying for you, hope you do well, let me know if you need anything. It's those small, small moments, those small, you know, key little things um, that I think is really powerful for the kids. Um, they really are looking for role models. They just don't know what kind of role models that, that, that they need, but they really are. And so if we can come alongside them, whether it's through a physical activity, they definitely love that, you know, or whether it's through, yeah, remembering those key milestones for them um, and just going around with, I don't know, a simple cake or whatever it may be, um, it's, that's really powerful. And I think that over time um, earns trust and that trust then is what I believe will, will, will can lead to us bringing the kingdom into um, you know their life in a way where it's very well received. Amazing, yeah. It's funny how all of it does come back to that, doesn't it? Building some genuine relationships. Yeah. That then you have some cred, so to speak, that you mm. can actually uh, have that open door at some point to build with young people authentically. What's the uh, challenges of the future as you see it for bringing the kingdom to young people? What's coming up? What do you see is going to mm. take place? <laughs> This is interesting. Um, so it, it's interesting because there is a lot of intentional media being pushed against the church, the church as a whole. Um, the church, like any institution, is not perfect, but there seems to be this trend where if someone in a church does one wrong thing, the media will hop on it, weaponize it. And so what I'm seeing happen in the future is when people hear the word Christian, church, they tend to step back because of what they've heard in the media. You know, typical example is someone like Donald Trump. A lot of people, including even myself at one point, didn't like Donald Trump. Not because I knew him or because of what I've heard about. And so there's this media weapon that's really going out, um, that's making it really difficult now to, you know, to, to have some conversations. And I just wonder where in the future, what that's gonna look like. Um, you know, th 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 there's that aspect um, that I see being a bit of a challenge. Yeah, that's a great comment. And for you to pick out the words Christianity and church, I think, um, yeah, how do we move around that and what type of language do we use with young people that's out there? Yeah. If you think back um, to your whole story of, you know, coming to faith, rolling with the gangs <laughs> and then getting shipped overseas, crashing into Jesus, and now you're on this great journey that you're living. What's the one piece of gold out of it all for you that you think, I'm just going to always be on about that when I'm bringing the kingdom to young people? 
Oh, I just ah uh, my, my my thin. I mean, even my logo is 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 a fingerprint. My whole thing is identity. You know, um, I mean, how incredible is it, Tina, that we are created in God's image and after His own likeness? Um, I think for people today that are struggling with whatever issue they're struggling with, uh, unhappy about their body image and all of that sort of stuff, just how incredible is it to know that you and I were created in God's image and His likeness, and therefore, as His children, my goodness, like all things are possible. You know that excites me, and that's 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 the key message that all the way through, at every moment, at every valley, and every darkness I've had to walk through, and I still do. That's the that's the truth that always helps me to walk out with my head high, as David would say. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. It's just knowing that God is there and that I am God's, and I think that. For someone who's going through a trial, is is what's going to help them, you know, get up and look up and hopefully move forward. Yeah, amen. And I've seen that so many times over. So, really appreciate your input. It just reminds me to continue myself to be about that. Um, but for all of us that are listening today, in the show notes, I'm going to drop how you can stay connected to Eric and get some more information. Follow him on socials or go to theroyalhood.com or ericargument.com. I'll drop all of that into the show notes today. It's really been a very helpful conversation and I just bless you so much with everything that you continue to do in our schools. Thank you for your time, Eric. Thank you so much, Tina. Thanks so much for listening to the Win Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.